Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today, I want to speak about something that we are all called to. Part of your calling and part of my calling has to do with the idea of space, the space we inhabit, the spaces we create. And there is this profound connection between our who, our identity, and our where, our geography. And today, we're going to unpack that a little bit. We're calling today Making Space. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who listen in every single week, thank you again for joining us. As far as possible, we release this podcast every single Tuesday, and the point of this podcast is for you and I to grab a cup of coffee or tea, or perhaps you're listening to this on your way to work, or a gym, or dropping the kids off, wherever it is. We just want to spend 10, 15 minutes together speaking about something, about anything that may help us become more like Jesus. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on, and let's get into it. We were created in a space. When God created mankind, uh, Genesis reminds us that he placed humanity in a specific place called the Garden of Eden. It was a garden. It was uniquely designed for Adam. And it was within this garden that Adam and Eve met with God. And their purpose was attached to this space. They were to tend the garden. So the first uh, command, the first purpose ever spoken was to tend a space, to look after a specific space. There was and is a divine attachment between humanity and the space we occupy. Our purpose is linked to what we do with the space we are in. Now, we know that God is everywhere all the time. He is omnipresent. He is on the sun right now as he is in between every atom and cell that make you you. If you're in a car right now, God is in the car. If you're at gym, he's there. You might not feel like it because you're sweating and whatever the case is. If you're having a cup of coffee, you know he's there. There is no space in the created universe that is not saturated with the presence of God. But there is this thing that God does sometimes where he makes his omnipresence tangible. So what do I mean by that? We know that he's everywhere, but there are times when we can feel him right where we are. There are times, I'm sure, that you can point to in your life, in, perhaps in church or wherever it is, where God showed up and showed off, and you knew his presence in a way that you didn't just moments before. The, the, the place hasn't changed, but all of a sudden now his presence has become cha- tangible. Perhaps in a worship experience or during a conversation with someone, you all of a sudden sensed the presence of God in a way you hadn't before. There are times and moments where God's presence becomes known, not in the general sense, but in the tangible sense. These moments often lead to lives being changed, addictions being broken, healing taking place, marriages restored, whatever the case is. In other words, when God's presence is made tangible and manifest, mankind's reality becomes more like heaven. Our hearts are aligned to the king and his kingdom. And these are special moments, and we see them in scripture. Not only do we see it in Genesis, when God creates the garden for mankind. But when David brings the ark to Jerusalem, we know the first attempt, if you aren't familiar with the story, the first attempt uh, doesn't go so well, primarily because it was designed, the ark is designed to be carried on the backs of Levites and not just on any cart. If you've never read the account before, the ark is 
sidelined for a bit what happens is Uzo stretches out his hand to steady the arc and because of all the kind of discrepancies uh, he dies and so he's the, the arc is sidelined for a bit and then David makes a second attempt but before the second attempt which we know was successful we read these words 1 Chronicles 15 <clears throat> 1 David built houses for himself in the city of David and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it now uh, I'll I don't want to miss, make you miss anything here. The Levites mattered. The Levites were the ones who carried the ark. And yes, it mattered that they carried it instead of, the, uh, instead of the cart. However, we also can't overlook the fact that the successful attempt started by preparing a place for the presence of God. Again, we see the importance of space. In the first attempt, he, was, he hadn't yet prepared a place. He was just bringing the ark back to Jerusalem, and, and he was kind of going, well, we'll figure it out when it gets there. But now he prepares a place, and he's bringing the ark into an already prepared space. Then David's son Solomon goes to incredible lengths to build a temple for God. He gets exotic materials and make, makes treaties with different kings and employs specialists and artisans, and, and it all culminates in a space where God was going to be worshipped. And then in 1 Kings 8, chapter 10 to 11, it says this, When the priests came out of the holy place, after they put everything in, after the ark was in the place and the, 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 the um, altar and all that kind of stuff, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Here in the temple, a space was made for, prepared, meticulously crafted for God. And he shows up and he shows off to the point where ministry couldn't continue because the priority isn't ritual, it's relationship. It isn't performance, it's his presence. So what am I trying to say here is that part of my calling and your calling uh, when it comes to the places and spaces in our world, is to cultivate those spaces into places prepared for God. God doesn't just show up in any place. He shows up in a place prepared for him. So what does this mean, right? In other, what, what this means is every time we come to church and we worship together, that's a space that God can fill. Every run sheet we put together, every time we, we organize an event or a, or a meeting, that's a space for God to fill. Every sermon we preach, it's a space for God to fill. And, and while that's true in church, it's, it's also true beyond church. When you have a coffee with someone, if you're mindful, it can be a space that God can fill. If you are having dinner with your family and you're all around a table and you're talking about how your day went, that can be a space God can fill. If you are in a meeting at work or if you're in a classroom or if you wherever you're on the sports field, if you are aware of the fact that God is sovereign, if you, if you are aware of what you are doing, you can prepare that place to be a space for God to fill. And you may be asking, well, how do I do that? How am I aware of, of how God can fill it? I want to take you back to the temple that Solomon built in 1 Kings 8, chapter 10 to 11. It goes in great detail about how Solomon prepared the place and and we see that there are four things that he uses he uses stone and then he covers the stone in wood then he covers the wood in gold and he engraves on both the wood and the gold certain elements and so in that we can see that if we want to create a space for God we need to create a structure that is strong stone we need to create a space that is warm that's why they put wooden panelings around it so that it kept the warmth in so it needs to be strong it needs to be warm it needs to be valuable you need to value that space Gold created a sense of value. And then lastly, the engraving, it needs to be beautiful. 
I think sometimes we underestimate the importance of beauty in the kingdom of God. But when God entered a space, it was strong and sturdy. It was warm and inviting. It was valuable and precious, and it was beautiful. And I want to encourage us today. I don't know what your week looks like. I don't know what your day today looks like. But even if we start with one space, I want to I challenge you today. Pick one space. Maybe it's your dinner table. Maybe it's your bedroom, the place of intimacy with your spouse. Maybe it's your office. Maybe it's your classroom. Wherever it is, I want to challenge you to pick one space. And into that space, I want to ask you, can you infuse those four elements? Can you make that space a space of strength? A space that isn't uh, whipped around by the winds. It isn't um, influenced by context, whether things are going well or, or not so well for you. That that is a strong space. Regardless of what storm comes, it stands. Secondly, can you infuse warmth into that space? Is it a space people can come to and take a breath? Is it a space where you can come into and just be? Thirdly, is it a space that's valuable to you? What can you do to make that space valuable for you and others? And lastly, what can you do to make that space beautiful? What can you do to, to bring beauty into that space? Because I get such a sense that it, it, it takes just as much effort to make a boring space as it does to make a beautiful space. And so today I want to encourage you, pick one space. It might be one meeting venue. It might just be one meeting. It might be wherever it is. Pick one space and into that space Begin to cultivate strength, warmth, value, and beauty. And as you do that and you become mindful that that is now a place for the presence of God to inhabit, I want to almost make this promise that God will meet you in that place. God's presence will not just be general, he will be tangible. And as you do that, you will see God do more and more and more things in your life. This isn't a religious thing. This is simply us saying, God, we want to create places and spaces where your tangible presence shows up because we value your presence. I hope this has encouraged you. I hope you're a little bit challenged this week to engage with your spaces and places a little bit differently. Have an amazing week, and we will see you same time, same place next week. God bless everybody.